Well, you won't tell me what you've been doing. One thing at a time, old boy. Let me get off this makeup. Oh, oh, a mischievous a varnished eel. I'm sorry, Watson, but unless I'm greatly mistaken, you've been entertaining Mr. Giles Conover. Stand back from that book. Great Scott! He meant that for you. Oh, that's very gratifying. Gratifying? Certainly. Conover wouldn't go to all this trouble to eliminate me if I weren't in his way. Hello and welcome to All the Best Lines. The podcast is afoot. Nice. I see what you did there. Thank you very much. I, I wonder yeah. where you were going because you said, welcome to All the Best Lines, the podcast. And I'm thinking, well, what else do we do? Is there is there a, a Saturday morning cartoon I don't know about? It was a pause for dramatic effect. Can you hear a dog barking behind me, by the way? Nope. Okay, cool. That's good. Because uh, for some reason, the world has gone extraordinarily noisy around these parts in the past few days. It's almost like lockdown is starting to ease off. I mean, how are you? I've missed you and I love you very much. Oh, he says, taking another massive gulp of gin. (laughs) That's water. Thank you. (laughs) I'm good, my friend. I'm actually uh, very, very good. Um, As you say, uh, lockdown is easing, which is is nice. Apart from when little scroty bags outside uh, decide to smash out a load of cars in because they've they've managed to buy alcohol when they're underage. Yeah, trust me. Uh, Yeah, I know. Well, that's what... That's what we get when you live. Um, yes, I'm not. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to alienate a listener. Good. No, well, that's what you get when you live next to Adam. That's what I'm going to say. Uh, okay, there uh, you go. I've alienated myself. Okay, alien- right, a- that was cool. Hang on. Good alienate a listener. You think we have more than one? Okay, <laughs> you're dreaming. You're dreaming. <laughs> I think. I think we have two. You listen, don't you? <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, no, I'm fine, actually. I'm I'm very very good. The, the, the sun is out. It's all good. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sitting here talking to my friend uh, and drinking a beer. So all is well. Ah, oh, well, tell him to go away because we're recording a podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, my good friend. Cheers. Cheers. It's lovely to see you. I would I would flatter you further, but I got ripped for saying that you were the glue that holds things together, etc. etc. One time. Who, 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 who ripped you for that? I, I don't think it's. Um... I don't think it was a vicious ripping. Should we say it's, it's not like oh, okay. it wasn't. It wasn't a vicious ripping. I think it was more of a, a gentle, a gentle poke in the ribs from our good friends, the Pod Pals. <gasps> right, but I know who to get now. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyway, good sir, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's nice to see the sun, isn't it? Mm. And it just coincided so perfectly with the uh, not the end of lockdown, but the easing of lockdown. I think they're yeah. calling it here in the UK. Yeah, it's really nice. We've had um, people over to sit in the garden. We've put our bell tent up in the garden, and uh, the children have had friends over there. Yeah. My writing is going splendidly. Ooh. The sun's out. I'm getting enough sleep. I've watched a few Hammer horror films, and my brain's all like, you know, 1970s camp at the moment. Nice. And people are, in general, splendid, I think. Oh. Lots of people on social media have said lots of nice things lately. Yeah. And um, I'm just I'm just in one of those contented places. Oh, that's that's really good. That's my life in a nutshell. Ah, oh, well, I mean, you, I mean, if you do have to boil your life down into a nutshell, you you could do a hell of a lot worse. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hey, what do you think of my podcasting outfit? Uh, uh, what the the top or the hat? You obviously people can't see, but I'm wearing a cap backwards. Okay. Yeah. What happened the other day? <laughs> Is there a reason for that? <laughs> it's kind of. So the other day, I thought to myself, "Well, my hair's messy. I'm gonna put a cap on." So I put the cap on backwards and uh, said to my, leaned out my bedroom door and, hey, everyone, look at me, I'm from the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a hilarious joke, which they, honestly, they were laughing for hours. Mm -hmm. 
But um, uh, and then a call came through and I answered it. <laughs> I forgot that my hat was on backwards <laughs> and literally spent the whole day like went shopping, uh-huh. uh, met the postman <laughs> to get the post in, etc. I went through my whole day, forgot my hat was on backwards. So now it's more like you know I'm doing it because I kind of. If the postman sees that I don't do that usually, <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> then I'm some kind of moron. But <laughs> to my family, yeah. I'm even more of a moron. Oh, more, more a moron. Okay, fair yes. enough. <laughs> you, ha- you, haven't, you haven't done that douchebag thing, though, of shielding your eyes from the sun because the visor's on the, on the back <laughs> of your neck, have you? No, I'm getting that. I'm basically Chet Hanks right now. Oh, don't, don't go there. Look at me though. I look like I'm trying to be a bro, and I'm not in any way a bro. You're, you're my bro. You're my oh, bro. You're my, yeah, you're my bro too. I'm loving this. This is great. Yeah. Um. You, you said you'd been watching some uh, uh, Hammer horror movies. Mm, yeah. Like I, I don't know what it is, but lately I've had an urge to uh, revisit my childhood experiences with cinema. Ah. So I did all of the Universal horror movies, and what I'm doing is I'm doing them in bed, which is where I used to watch all the Universal horror movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, because they were always on every night, wasn't that? Like, on you must remember BBC Two, Channel Four. I do. Even BBC yep. One. I mean, you got to like 10 p.m., 11 p.m., and it was just horror movies, and it was all the Universals, and it was all the Hammers. So I've done all the Universals lately in in bed and fallen asleep to them all the way I used to. Yeah. Um, and now I'm revisiting the Hammer horrors, and it's such a like a trip for me. I'm really loving it. I watched um, uh, the Brides of Dracula. <laughs> oh yeah, and then The Devil Rides Out. Nice. And oh my god, that film stands up. Yes, it does. That is such a great film. I was so taken with it. So I've been and procured for myself another 25 hammers today. I, I think I own 40 now. Whoa. So I'm gonna. Whoa. Yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Have one a night, I think. That's going to be my my nightcap. I, I went through something similar a couple of years ago um, over on my other podcast, the old Rated H. We we reviewed a Hammer horror film a couple of years back, and uh, which one? Uh, to the Devil a Daughter. Ah, yeah, okay. That's what. That's one. That's one that stands out for me for uh, appalling reasons. <laughs> yeah, it does get a bit icky towards the end of that film. Um, yeah, it's just such an icky. Yeah, film. she was fourteen. She was fourteen. Yes, and uh, and uh, and the the what would you call it? Uh, the devil's chipmunk uh, covered in blood at the end of it is uh, is rather. <laughs> yeah, and the worst ending of all time, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. He throws a rock off screen, and then there's kind of like this horrible eighties video effect, and then it's finished. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a bit, a, a bit of wind blows. He gets hit by a rock, and and, and all satanic evil is fit, vanquished forever by a rock. But there you go. Such a terrible. I know, but um, but no. I so I went down a bit of a hammer horror hole, if you will. Um, there was some, there was some good alliteration there for you. Triple H and uh, and um, and uh, and watched a few of them then, and yeah, they're they're, they're just great fun. They they always are. Mm. Do you know what I really love about them? Is that you can see um, the blueprints for them back in the Luton movies, like the Body Snatcher. The Body Snatcher Who? is like never uh, heard of him. Uh, John Luton. Ah. He was an Irish theatrical impresario. <laughs> no, uh, no, we're returning to what was it? What did you call it? A uh, Val Untine. <laughs> Untine, yes, Mister Untine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, like, if you watch the Body Snatcher and um, Bedlam and stuff like that, I mean, you can see the the germination of. Of Hammer Horror, which is so it's such a treat to watch, you know, to see what it turned into on another continent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love, I love them. They're just they're great. Even the Sherlock Holmes movies, like the one we're, we're about to talk about, 
in this episode. You can kind of see the germination of that. We can, we can. Uh, I don't know if, if they're available anywhere, but there was a, I, I don't know if you remember it, ITV did a series of documentaries on Hammer Horror, and it was all narrated by Oliver Reed. Mm. Obviously, b- before he passed away, I remember watching... Well, obviously, yeah. And they, Well, obviously. And <laughs> I remember... rather difficult. <laughs> well, he could do a lot of things, that man, so you never know. Yeah, you're very true, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't count Oliver Reed out. No. Yes, go on. I still wouldn't. No, but I was just saying, I remember them being highly enjoyable, so if, if they are available anywhere, it's all worth searching them out they were good oh i expect they'll be on youtube or something uh, maybe look, look them up maybe 100%. maybe yeah don't know um no i was just uh also as you were saying about the, the lovely things uh people have said and done on social media and um and that also includes today that uh that i got a tweet like by kevin smith you did yes <laughs> yes very cool and um it was about one of his least Popular film, uh, only by people who haven't seen it. Well, that wouldn't be me because I've seen all his work. No, you, 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 <laughs> you, you just it, it, look. It's about eighty minutes long, mate. Oh, mate, do you know I will? I will watch it. I, I actually <clears throat> say, saying this. So what happened was, um, Kev, our good friend Kev, has, has watched it now and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. gave forth on his praise on the film of Red State. Uh, 2011. So um, Smokey said, I'm really glad you liked it or something on Twitter. It was all over Twitter. And tagged me and said, have you watched it yet, mate? Mm. And I thought, well, I haven't watched it. So shall I want to look into this film? So I'd actually looked into it today. I spent I spent an afternoon Googling the thing. And <gasps> actually the concept is not what I thought it was and sounds oh. very intriguing. So I'm going to I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Wow. Uh, I don't know how because I don't own a copy. <laughs> oh, you uh, sh- <laughs> I'll, find, I'll, find, I'll find some way you don't need to <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway um kevin smith liked your 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 little conversation didn't well you? yes i was i was praising michael parks's performance because it is absolutely exemplary and uh mm, and uh, i hear that and he uh and he uh yeah he liked my tweet and now i can die a happy happy man mm. Trust me, that is getting screenshotted and shared for the rest of my life. Trust me. Before he unlikes it. <laughs> exactly. Before he sees what other shit I've been tweeting about. <laughs> Which, you know, is normally about uh, like secret history. Oh, I don't know. Is no, it? I, never, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't either. I don't either. Yeah. But also, let's, you know, let's put this out there and, you know, try to, you know, hold in the excitement uh we have been the recipient of more emails what <laughs> is that the best you can do <laughs> what no what do you mean i mean like, like we can't have surely it's only been three weeks you can't have had another one uh three what one. three emails in three weeks actually i will put this out on front street we've we've actually had four what come on stop it you asked me to hold it in how am i supposed to do that <laughs> honestly <laughs> <laughs> oh dear God! <laughs> no, but the the reason I say technically is because uh, one of the ones we uh, received, I won't say their name just in case they don't want me to. But um, I replied to the email and said, "Look, I would like to read this out on the show. Can you please just you know say that that's all right? Can you give me your blessing?" Uh, they haven't got back to me yet, so I don't want to. I don't want to push it. So if you are listening to this and you sent me an email. And you haven't heard, just check your inbox or spam or whatever and reply to me and let me know and we'll read it out on the next show because because uh, it's a great email as well. But I just wanted to I wanted to make sure because obviously I don't want to offend anyone, you know. So um, so are we going to are we going to hear the the three we're allowed to talk about? 
Yes, yes, we are. I'm going to. Uh, oh, I'm going to. That's a treat for everyone. I know. Uh, I'm going to. I'm going to read them now. Um, the, the first one um, is returning emailer, but it's always more than welcome. It's from our. It's from our good friend uh, Buckaroo Bonnie. Ah, love Buckaroo Bonnie. I know, I do too. And she's she emailed rated H as well, which is very sweet. Oh, you gypsy of hearts. I know, I know. She's she's following us. It's brilliant. It's wonderful. I love it. Keep it up, Bonnie. Uh, she writes, uh, she was listening to our episode on Out of the Past, which has been received very, very well, and people were kind of surprised I gave it the high rating that I did, but it's it's an amazing film, and uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, she says, it's a great movie, she's right, and she says, but she's terrified of Robert Mitchum. Well. I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it. It, could be, it could be a it's scary movie. Totally yeah. Uh, she asks, have you seen Night of the Hunter? Um, I know you have, many times. Well. I showed it at the last film festival last year. Did you? Wait, did, oh, yeah, that's right. You actually had to slip away before um, that was on because it was I the did. last. It was the last film of the first night, I think. It was the midnight. The mid. I can't remember what that section was called now. The midnight. Oh, I can't. Remember, midnight terror or something. And uh, the first night was a uh, night of the hunter, and everyone was like, "Wow!" And then the second night, the movie that finished off the entire festival was the Brighton Strangler. <laughs> 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 Who hasn't seen that? Well, of course, of course. Uh, well, well, Canterbury. 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 And she says, uh, uh, "What did she say?" She says, "I swear, I saw that when I was too young to see it, and I've been after, and I've been. Let me start that again. I swear, I saw that when I was too young to see it, and I've been absolutely petrified of him ever since." I can't really blame her. Okay, fair enough. No, that's a that's a definitely a formative experience. You need to see that one later in your in your Mitchum filmography, I think, because otherwise he will traumatize you. There are some. I mean, that's an astounding film, isn't it? Night of the Hunter. Uh, well, as I said, I need to see it. So. Oh my goodness gracious! It's it's one of those films that you can't believe. Um, like like it was directed by Charles Lawton, who who was an actor. Oh, okay, you know, got roped mm-hmm. into you know wanted to do this story, directed it. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. a complete labour of love. I mean, every single shot in that yeah. film is a masterpiece. And then he never directed again. He just did a one-off, went and directed this mm-hmm. thing. It's a perfect film. Absolutely perfect. It's like a nightmare on screen. It's like a fairy tale. Uh, oh, it's incredible. It's the Citizen Kane of thrillers. I my word, say. that is high praise indeed. Right, I, it, it's going to the top of my list. Um uh, Bonnie continues. Um, um, she says, uh, where are we? Oh, yes. Um, I have to tell you both between Attaboy Clarence, The Secret History, Rated H, and all the best lines, your voices are the most prevalent in my podcasts, and I adore you both. Aww. Isn't that very sweet? And she says, that's, that's very kind. Yeah, love from America from Buckaroo Bonnie. I love how she's using the name now, which is awesome. Buckaroo, did we christen her Buckaroo Bonnie? You did, sir. It was when we, uh, when we were doing uh, our cowboy nicknames. Ah, yes, that's. That's right. Sorry, but it's not that I don't care. It's more that it was quite a while ago. It was. It and I was. have a goldfish brain, you see. I have to write everything down, including my podcast scripts. It's all, it, it's, it's all right, dude. You are still getting used to this whole off-the-cuff type thing, you know. So, you know, yeah, I, th- I think you're... D- I think you're doing very well. Thank you very much. That was very condescending. It, I was being nice. <laughs> I can't even get away with being nice these days. <laughs> oh, word. <sighs> I'm just gonna stop trying. I'm just how's that? How's that? Should I just I didn't realize you were trying. Oh, you. B- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep seeing myself on the screen, and uh, I look like like a comic book artist from 1992. You do actually, yeah, yeah. You've got the um, 
It's very embarrassing. You've got the banky thing going from chasing Amy, but there we go. Trust me, though. It's better than the reality of taking the hat off. I mean, oh, <laughs> shush. Go on, sorry. Right. Um, email two. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, email two is from a uh, listener and fr- uh, mutual friend and uh, film club attendee uh, is uh, Shadan. Hello, Shadan. Hey, hey, how are you? Oh, excuse me. Yes, how are you, Shadan? Hope you're well. Uh, she is saying, she, uh, right, now, as I said to you off air, this is long, so I've edited it down. I hope she understands because it was long. Anyway, here we go. Uh, Shadan writes, uh, she says, uh, I really enjoy your podcast. You are such a good collaboration. You bring out the best in each other. Um, as an audience, to hear the friendship behind the mic is something to look forward to. That's very sweet. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, she, and then, so she proffers a few. Uh, she proffers a, a few questions. Um, well, the first one um, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna read out, we already know your answer to. Uh, she says, uh, "Are you a, a gin person, a tequila person, or a whiskey person?" Yes. <laughs> What do you, do you like all three? Um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. You yeah. think? I don't know. You'd never remember. <laughs> yeah, gin, I guess. Gin, gin is my thing. I fair think. enough. Fair enough. Well, it was because it was another thing we talked about off air. Is that I don't drink gin. I've never been a fan of it. Um, and also just spirits in general. General, um, I I very rarely go near the top shelf. It's it's funny you should say this because I didn't either. But then I got um, labyrinthitis uh, a few months ago. Is that you just watched David Bowie over and over again? Yeah, yeah. You're a baby of a babe. Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen hours. It was just so. I didn't. I didn't know you had a Bowie impression. <laughs> I clearly don't. Uh, um, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, I got labyrinthitis, which is basically um, vertigo that just swings in and, and pushes you over. Basically, oh no! Um, you lose it, you lose, you lose your balance and everything. And it turns out it was something to do with beer. Oh wow! I was drinking like a lot of beer at the time. <laughs> it was lockdown. I think we all were. We were. And so I stopped. I stopped drinking like completely, and it went away. Uh, and then I, then I think one day I had a couple of beers with dinner, and it came back again. And I was like, whoa! So I've been, um, you know, I'm not like an alcoholic or anything, but um, I do enjoy, you know, beverage from time to time. It turns out I can't drink beer anymore. (laughs) Every time I drink beer, I get this thing, but there are other drinks that don't do it to me. And um, gin is one of the safe ones. So no, 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 that just, that just reminded me of something, a little peek behind the curtain for the, uh, for the listeners here. Anyway, I can't remember what episode it was. I can't remember if it was the last one or or maybe the one before, but um, you, you did completely sober. (laughs) And uh, and I I uh, texted you and sort of said, "See, you don't need the drink to do that." And you just said back to me, "Never make me do that again." <laughs> You're making me sound like an alcoholic. <laughs> you just oh, no, it... sober. Can you believe it, <laughs> <laughs> mate? No, it was it was one of the funniest things I've received. I was like, right, message received. <laughs> I would just say, just a quick disclaimer. Yeah. Me and Smokey tend to record on Saturday evenings, yes, which is generally my let my hair down period. That's all. Not, not when you've it's got not a like, cap on. You know, Tuesday morning we're recording. <laughs> oh my god, gin down me. Although, although we have, <laughs> although we have done that as well. But uh, yeah, no, no, no. You're right. You're right. It is normally Saturday night that we do this. Um. So anyway, just to go back to, well, fleetingly go back to the, to the, the sorry, quickly go back to the email. Um, yeah, no, I don't drink gin. I don't drink whiskey. I'm not, I'm not a fan of either. If I do drink a spirit, it will be tequila. And that's, uh, but uh, that's very rare. It may be once a year, maybe. But um, 
I normally stick on the beer because it's uh, it's just about right for me. But there you go. Um, right, uh, sanitized, sanitized, sanitized. Um, yeah, um, can you dance is a question. Uh, well, yeah, especially after watching the film Labyrinth. Dance magic. Oh, well, of course. Of course. Dance magic dance. Yeah, fair news. We all put a, a, a golf ball down our, down our tights as well. <laughs> we... it's, it's called The Area. Don't you know? The area. It is. Yeah, there's a whole website dedicated to it. It's called David Bowie's Area. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not joking. Hey, hey, everyone. Bit of homework for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't. I can't. I've got two left feet, uh, and I have no coordination in my legs whatsoever, um, which is very, which is very lucky. I'm an, I'm an absolute demon in a mosh pit, though. Watch me go. But uh, no, I can't. Oh, well, I, I, <laughs> just quick disclaimer again. I wouldn't dart in front of anyone. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I shimmy around in the shower. You d- you do have some shame then. Yeah, I mean, I writhe around in bed sometimes. Yeah, we don't need to go there. Don't need to go there. <laughs> or I click my fingers when I'm um, when a car drives past and it has this radio on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What were you thinking? Anyway, Sorry. carry on with yeah, your email. Never mind. That's fine. That's fine. She says, "How long have you guys had this bromance?" I don't know. Did we have a bromance? Um, 2014. So almost almost eight years. Yeah. Was it really? Mm-hmm. I thought it was earlier than that. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there you go. Doesn't time fly? Doesn't time fly? Um, uh, very simple. Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. I hate vanilla. Yeah. I think. Do you really? I hate it with a passion. See, I'm learning as well. I like this. The listeners are learning and I'm learning as well. <laughs> and then, uh, this is a very cheeky one. She she asks, who would win in a fight? Smokey. Really? Mm-hmm. Unless, unless it's, uh, I don't know. A battle of wits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the um, if the fight was vicious barbs, then yes, Adam would win that easily. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise, Smokey would beat the f- out. <laughs> I but 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 that would never happen. Smokey so. regularly beats up the inebriated of Leeds or York, wherever it is you live. York, mate. North of the <laughs> north of the wall, isn't it? That's that's all I know. You keep away. You keep away the the. The, the the snow walkers or whatever they are, <laughs> <laughs> the, the white walkers. the dragons. <laughs> yeah, well, I I it's part of my job is ejecting inebriated people, so I do need to you know occasionally. Ooh, I better watch look. my step then, eh? Ooh. I I need to occasionally look after myself, but you know that's just that's that's my vocation. It's not something I'd like to do. Smokey is the Steven Seagal of the hotel world. Oh, does that mean I get Kelly LeBrock? No, it means you're hugely fat and you're friends with Putin. Well, could be worse. <laughs> How? I could be really skinny and be friends with Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, take your pick. It's yin and yang, isn't it, on that one? Well, there goes our Midwest listeners. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyway, back to the email. Marching out the door. Um, uh, and then Shadan finishes her email by saying, uh, Keep rocking because uh, you seriously rock my socks and I love you to bits. That's very sweet. Ah, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, I, d- I never know how pr- to pronounce her name, even though she's actually told me, but there you go. <laughs> um, okay, and then we'll, uh, finally, we will go on to... Uh, There's no one left listening, by the way. So, we go on to Anne Rogers. Hello, Anne. Hello, Anne. Uh, do you know Anne? I don't know, but this, this is a, just like, you know, you went... Um, the first email's from someone who's emailed before. Yeah. The second email's from someone we both know. And here's Anne Rogers. And I was like, oh, blimey. Hello. Yeah, but you know you know more people than I do. It's entirely so. possible. 
Like well, I said, I have you've a, got a more popular show than I do. <laughs> I have a goldfish brain. Anne and I have probably known each other for years. We've probably had a date. Very. Well, I just have a goldfish. Sorry. Oh, you're going to regret. You're going. You're going to regret saying what you just said in just a moment. Oh, Adam, Adam. Here we go. She says hello. It's a nice start, isn't it? And uh, she says, um, "I wanted to start by saying I really enjoy your podcast. It seems to me you guys have known each other for a long time, and you have a wonderful friendship." Oh, Anne, come on in and be a trio with us. Absolutely, she can come on anytime she likes. Um, and she she then goes on to say, "Now, and I, I swear this is a quote, right? I swear." She says, "Now, Smokey." You see, she's being direct here. I like this. <laughs> I love it. She, Sentences start with "Now, Smokey." I know, I know. I felt like I was getting told off for a minute until I read the rest of it. And give him hell. Go on. I know. Yeah, give me hell, Anne. <laughs> and she says, um, "Now, Smokey, please say all of my email. It would be such a joy to hear it on the air." So here we go. Here we go. You ready for this? I am. This is awesome. She says, Well, yes, it is true that Adam has an exquisite voice, a fabulous sense of humour, and while I haven't seen him, I would bet good money that he is also handsome to boot. <laughs> now, Anne, I, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at him. I can tell you, you're right. He is. He's a hottie. Anne, so. Anne you would not say that if you could see this screen right now. Anne, he's, he's beautiful. <laughs> he's beautiful. Trust me. <laughs> I'm the Steven Seagal of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it feels that way. I feel like a beached whale. But go on, anyway. Oh, so. bless it. No, he is. He's gorgeous. So, um, she's, she, she continues. He's gone red as well, which is very cute. Um, and she says, but, and this is a big but, Smokey, you are my favourite. Nice. She says, I, I'm going to read this. Oh. <laughs> you know what, yeah. Smokey? Do you remember when there was a gushing email about me a couple of uh-huh. weeks ago, and yeah, you yeah. refused to read it? Yeah, I know. This is exactly why I'm reading all of this. <laughs> Talk about bias. <laughs> Hang on, it does. It does. It does come back to you. So give it a minute. No, it's fine. Just keep it on you. It's just, I know. It's, it's isn't gold. it awesome? Isn't it? I told you it was gold. And, uh, and continue. She say. She says talking about me. Remember, this is about me. She says you are so honest unapologetic, real. <laughs> not to mention, not to mention, mind you. <laughs> this is the kind of thing you say when you dump someone. I know, I know. It's great, isn't it? She says, not to mention, you have one of the greatest laughs I've ever heard on and off the air. <laughs> off the air? <laughs> Has she been hanging around outside your house? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's getting a bit weird, isn't it? But there you go. And where like do you it. live? Do you live in do you live north of the wall? I think she does. Um and she says, um, but we're coming back to you now, Adam. She says, uh, you both seem like wonderful people with ginormous hearts. <laughs> and she says, Hang on, hang on, this is going hang on, hang on, calm yourself. Oh, I can't. It's my favourite email. Your 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 minute faux pas just a couple of minutes ago. She says, and you know what? While it is true, I would love to go on a date with Adam. <laughs> even even a crazy night. <laughs> and you're the greatest emailer on the universe. <laughs> Done this. This is alchemy. <laughs> Anne Rogers. I think we should change our podcast name to Anne Rogers. Okay, fair enough. We'll do that. We'll do that. Uh, uh, where is it? Uh, uh, yeah, I would love to go on a date with Adam, even a crazy night. I believe I would love to have a relationship with you. Is that you or me? So, uh, what? 
Hang on, I, I think I've risked a bit. Hang on, let me just uh, find this bit out. Hang on, Smokey's going to make some effort about himself. <laughs> Even though Smokey has a massive whack. No, 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 here we go. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. No, no. no, no. <laughs> oh, that's getting blinked out. Go on, quickly. Cover the hole. Go on, cover it up. Come on. Uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Um, yeah, uh, no, no, actually, that's, that's right. Um, uh, she said, yeah, I believe I would love to have a relationship with you, so don't sell yourself short, mister. We would have such fun. And uh, and then she says, I am married, so all of this is uh, mere thoughts. Don't get your knickers in a bunch. I can't help that they're in a bunch. I'm sorry. I am sure. Smokey's had to have ice down his trousers since he read this thing. He's never been called honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she says, I am sh- sure soon your inbox will be exploding with proposals of fabulous available girls. Oh, my God, Anne. Seriously, this is the most erotic thing I've ever heard. Especially delivered in Smokey's drawer. He's fresh from beating up drunks and tramps and, you know, children and stuff in York. <laughs> He's reading our emails, setting this young man on fire. Exactly. Well, you've got to. If you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. There's no, you know, no sense going half cocked. You know? I don't even want to talk about a film today. I just think we should talk about Anne's email for forty-five. Minutes. Okay, um, I, I'm happy to do that. Uh, she she concludes. She concludes There's more. Yeah, she concludes. Keep up the good work, boys. Uh, love your podcast. Uh, I really do enjoy. It. I really love your banter and your guests. But mostly, love learning more of these movies I, I would not have watched or even known about. All the best, Anne. Oh, I think All the Best, Anne is the new name. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Anne, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much, Anne. That, that touched me. When I, when I first read it, I got a little bit emotional. No, that was, that was, that was so nice. Thanks, Anne. Um, and I'm looking forward to our crazy night. And Smokey's looking forward to being, you know... In a relationship. Less, less honest yeah. and... Um, I'm, I'm unapologetic, apparently. You know, I, I think more people should write to you and tell you that. <laughs> well, you can, if you want. I, I will do. <laughs> Maybe Kevin Smith will. That'd be awesome. But yeah, it's very sweet. I, I do love hearing from people. It's lovely, isn't it? It's good. It's good. It's it's just, I, I, I always think that if, if people are kind enough to take the time to, to write to us, then it needs to be read out. I think that's only fair. Mm, yeah. You just bloody texted me. <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm going to have to cut this out. <laughs> Does that say I'm very fleshy? <laughs> Deary God. Anyway, believe it or not, we're here to talk about a film, aren't we? Are we? <laughs> yeah. Okay, what film? The clue was in the uh, the introduction. It's, um, well, you asked for a Sherlock Holmes movie. No, I did not. Our listener Craig asked for one. Craig asked for a Sherlock Holmes movie, didn't he? That's right, yep. So, um, uh, from the Basil Rathbone pile, I would say, you know, there are certain yep. entries that are better than others. I mean, I'm not a fan of the first two, Hound of the Baskervilles and Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. So I think the period stuff's been done a billion times before. And I think it's done a, you know, it's done better, I think. But, you know, if you're going to make it your own, then, um, then do the contemporary universal ones. So, uh, my favorite of the 14 is The Pearl of Death. So I thought um, I would bring that one to the table. Yes, from uh, from 1944. <clears throat> and uh... it's very difficult when it comes to uh, the Sherlock Holmes films with Basil Rathbone because I don't think, you know, as uh, I don't think you could take one of those films and say this one, <laughs> this film will change your life. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like you, you, you're you bringing it to the table and you're saying, give me a good Sherlock Holmes film. I don't think you're going to come away scoring this one a nine out of ten or anything. Okay. 
I do think taken as a whole, mm-hmm. they're very entertaining. They're very well cast. They're very lovingly made. Yeah. I don't think the mysteries are, you know, I don't think, you know, you're going to watch it and be thrilled by it or anything. Okay. But I think, you know, uh, uh, as part of a, a grander picture, Pearl of Death kind of has a good a good central story. It has a good, it has, does have a mystery element. It yeah. has good cast. Mm-hmm. It has a couple of little touches in it that uh, I've always liked, such as the inclusion of the Creeper. Yeah. Uh, Rondo Hatton. And uh, Evelyn Anchors is in it. Mm. She's always great. Yeah. So, yeah, this seemed like um, a good... A good, a good uh, average yeah. of the series yep. to present as a as a, an example to uh, a good stepping stone inwards. Fair dues, fair dues. I mean, I'd only it just like Boris Johnson. When I <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Um, I'd only <laughs> seen uh, Hound of the Baskervilles and then Pearl of Death, um, and then because it was, uh, I, I've as I said to you off mic, um, we uh, I was watching this at three o'clock this morning. Um, just that, so it was firmly lodged in my head, and because they're so short, I mean, this was an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, they're so short. It's like watching a TV episode. Yeah, yeah. and they're, and they're all on YouTube. Yep. So it was very, it was very easy. Um, so I, um, so I just thought, well, all right, I'll, I'll put another one on then. And uh, and I watched. Uh, what did I watch straight after the Scarlet Claw? Straight afterwards. Scarlet Claw. Oh, that's a good one mm. as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I actually, I hate to say it, mate, but I actually think I preferred the Scarlet Claw. Well, you know, it, I think it, you know, the Scarlet Claw faces death, Pearl of Death, and um, Spider Woman. I would say probably they're the top four if you want Sherlock Holmes. But you know, if it's, I think you, you kind of have to vote with your heart on these things. I think yeah. Pearl of Death. I don't know what it is about it. I think I like the Napoleon's thing. I like the, the fact yes. that it's mm. kind of close to the whole mm-hmm. Six Napoleon, the real story. Yeah. I like the fact that it's got Lestrade in it. I, th- I like the fact, uh, you know, like I say, the Creeper who who got his own series on the back of this. You know, became oh, really? the faith. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a good solid Holmes movie. I think. Yeah. I think. I think Scarlet Claw is brilliant. Mm. I think it's a much better take. Ugh. I'm probably going to get struck down for this, but I think it's a much better take on the Hound of the Basketballs kind of story. Yeah, I think there are similarities. Kind yeah. of a bit tired. No, that's um, fair news. That's fair news. I'll tell you that the main thing that I preferred about uh, the Scarlet Claw, and it's just it's just a, a little thing, and I know we're jumping forward a little bit, but it's something I did want to talk about. The thing that bugged me um, most about um, Pearl of Death is the bumbling nature of Watson. Okay, he he's the comic. I I know I get it. I know you have to have comic relief to to Sherlock Holmes, it, sort of, but that's fine. But he's an ex army doctor, you know. He's not a stupid man, um, and and but it's played to to the pretty much to the nth degree in Pearl of Death. Whereas in Scarlet Claw, yes, he's a little bit bumbling. Obviously, he falls in a bog twice, but but he he's more he's more with it. He's more uh, on the ball. So to speak, and yeah, and it, and that for me just tipped the balance in it. Don't get me wrong; I rated them both the exact same level, and we'll come to our ratings later. But but it just for me, it it, it just worked a bit better. And and I and I, I just I just found it unnecessary that you make Watson that uh, goofy. This is not a new. This is not a new objection. I would say about uh, about the the Rathbone Bruce films. Everyone sees uh, Nigel Bruce's Watson either as lovable and avuncular or annoying and um, not anywhere near the source material. And I do get it. I do get it. Uh, but I think 
Personally, I love his presence in the films. Oh yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not engaging with Holmes or the mysteries in a cerebral way. It's more of a. He's like an everyman. He's like. He's like the heart of it. You know. I think if it was just if if it was just Rathbone. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I don't get me wrong. I like the Jeremy Brett stuff and the and the Hardwick stuff, and I like the other radio adaptations and stuff. But um, I do find them a little bit dry from time to time. And I think um, the reason that I love old films in general is that they tend to give you a more abridged, they give you the cliff notes of a story and they also inject a bit of, I don't know, romance or a bit of joy into things. And I think that's Watson's job in the in the Rathbone Bruce series. So personally, I love it. But I do get why people don't click with it. It's not something I disliked. It was just something that that just gnawed at me a little. Um just because because of his backstory, you know? You you're not going to be a goofy bumbling idiot with his background. But returning to what you were saying is that whereas Holmes is so staid and steadfast, you do need that foil and you need the everyman spin on it. And it does and it does work. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it, they're both brilliant in their roles. They they both nail it. And and for the Pearl of Death um, definitely uh, one thing that will always always stick in my brain and because it's just so simple is the way that uh, Basil Rathbone says bric-a-brac. It's my favorite thing in the entire world now. <laughs> bric-a-brac. Apart from apart from Anne's email. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. Bric-a-brac. Yeah. Bric-a-brac. It, it but, oh. but he's, he says it like three times in one sentence and it's and it was just like oh, oh he could lull me to sleep by saying that. I he know. really could. It's it's just his voice is silk. Oh my god! You know what? This this series this, this is thus this is these are the films that kicked off the secret history of Hollywood for me. It was like <clears throat> I was making out of boy Clarence, and I was like, I love the Sherlock Holmes films with Basil Rathbone so much. I can't tell you how much I love these films. Like I bought these on video from eBay. Sorry, I was just going to say, yes, you can tell us how much you love them because we're doing a podcast, so don't... <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and express this. Okay. When it comes to this film, mm. and when it comes to this series, sorry, I cannot tell you how much I love this series. Yes, I you spent... can. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to... I'm go- I mean, obviously, I'm going to try and express it. Uh, Bernard. Listen, so... The- okay, Deirdre. You couldn't see these things on YouTube. You ha- you couldn't get them on DVD. Yeah. They weren't available, basically. And um, you had to look for videotapes. Right. So I'm talking like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And I was... I, I, I spent so much time on eBay trying to yeah. find old VHS copies of these films. I think I paid 50 quid for a copy of The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Bloody hell. I paid like 35 quid for... For this one, it cost me hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds to get got, all fourteen. You've got a problem, mate. And I'll never forget. Yeah, no, <laughs> I got them, and I and I bought equipment so that I could lovingly rip these Whoa. videotapes to digital. Wow! I bought a DVD recorder, and it was like five hundred quid. I bought discs; they were like twenty-five quid each. You have a serious problem. <laughs> serious problem about these films, okay? So I remember. <laughs> When it came, so I mean, it cost me thousands and thousands of pounds to digitize them, and then literally they appeared on YouTube and have never gone away. Oh, <laughs> so mate, yeah, that's harsh. Uh, but yeah, my love for these films burns deep. I never, you know, I used to be off school in the holidays, and 
they would show a double bill of these films mm. every yeah. morning, 10 o'clock on BBC Two. Because, they, like you say, they're so short. Oh, very. They'd be yeah. over by lunchtime. And you, they could show the whole 14 in a, in a week. Yeah, easy. And you would see them on TV all the time. They would turn up in mid-morning. Mm. They would turn up on Channel 4. They would turn up <laughs> late at night. Because they're kind of horror tinge and the kind of, you know, detective tinge and thriller. They're just, they're just so watchable. Yeah. That's the thing about them. They're so watchable. And the characters in them are brilliant. So yeah, my love for these burns incredibly deep. I I, I will never stop watching them. Um, so when it came to uh, my podcast, uh, Attaboy Clarence, I was like, you know, what films am I going to watch? Of course it's the Sherlock Holmes film. So I, I devoted a whole two-hour episode. It was great. Yeah. Which became so popular that I had to branch it off into its own uh, podcast, which became The Secret History of Hollywood. So the Sherlock Holmes, Basil Rathbone, Nigel Bruce movies are why the, sh- the secret history of Hollywood exists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, I like, to go back to your original yeah. point, I do get why people have an issue with Nigel Bruce. It's not it's not an issue that's going anywhere. Hmm. You know, I mean, Mark, Mark Gatiss um, <laughs> was sitting at dinner with him one night, and we were talking about the Sherlock Holmes films, and he said... Did anyone, did anyone else hear that clanging? Oh, sorry, sorry. That was a massive fucking name drop. <laughs> well, he does appear in fourteen of the episodes of the show. I think people know that I know him. <laughs> <laughs> Clang. So, um, sorry, God. Yeah, he, he 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 said it very well. He he said, you know, um, when I think of Sherlock Holmes, he said, um, I don't think of Nigel Bruce, but when I watch Sherlock Holmes, you know, I I couldn't couldn't imagine it without him, and. It, it's so true. It's he. I don't know what it is about Nigel Bruce's Watson. It's just, it's like he's like a lovable uncle. It's almost like he takes the the seriousness, and every time it gets too serious, he kind of like kicks it up the bum or something. <laughs> That's the best way I can think. No, I like that. Yeah, he just humanizes. Yeah. But he also he he's also the best mumbler ever mm-hmm. when he when he's frustrated with something that Holmes has said and it's just like yeah that's that's how I that's how I deal with problems as well he turns it into an art form they're rating me like a mother who boxes her child's ears after snatching it from under a tram a very human impulse Watson and one that suggests that you've been um, taking up the cudgels on my behalf what a remarkable deduction not when you consider that the skin is missing from the first and second knuckles of your right hand <laughs> Didn't hurt. He humanises Buzzer Rathbone. Yeah. He does, very much so, yeah. Um, should, should we give a vague uh, impression of the, the plot? Okay. Do you want to do this one? I, I, I can do this one. So basically, I mean, the, the clue's in the title. It's all about a pearl of death. The Borgia Pearl. The Borgia Pearl, yeah. And and also, if you if you look on, on YouTube, if you search for... Because um, I was doing it for our social media pages earlier. If you search for a trailer... Uh, of uh, of this film, there are, there are two, and one is a, a proper trailer, and the other is literally a minute of a scene. <laughs> That's it. And, it, and it's literally them ex- explaining the the blood uh, stained history of this pearl and how many how many. Oh people really? Have... Oh my god! I need to see that. Not much anger, Digby. I should be glad to see the last of your precious pearl. Well, precious is a feeble word, Holmes. Look at its flawless skin. It, it's matchless symmetry. It's a miracle of beauty. A miracle of horror. Steady on now. Isn't that a bit strong? Is it? Hmm. Think of its blood-stained history. Think of all the misery it's brought to the poor wretches who laid greedy hands on it. Alexander Borgia died twisted and black to poison. Carlos of Spain became a dribbling madman. A disastrous duel, Digby. The, the scene in, it's the scene in the museum 
when uh, when they're you know uh, sort of just talking about the pearl and whose hands it's been through and whose people the people's uh, lives that it's affected and it's just literally that one trailer is just that scene and it's just like okay that's weird but um uh, yeah so um yeah so a, a pearl is is stolen uh, at the beginning of of the film holmes retrieves it to give it back to uh, to the museum where it belongs or should it that's the big question should it belong in museum or well it's cursed isn't it so the, 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 yeah the, the borgia pearl is uh, apparently anyone who has anything to do with it uh, dies a horrible death or yeah. their empire topples or whatever so people have been reluctant to take ownership of the pearl but holmes managed to to somehow get it back into the country and, and it's gone to a museum. Which right? suspiciously looks like a, a massive painted ball bearing. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> doesn't, doesn't, doesn't really look like a pearl, does it? <laughs> They're not going to be able to get a pearl that big. It's like a fucking cricket ball. <laughs> I know, I know, but you know the, the art department could have put a bit more effort than spray painting a golf ball. You know what I mean? So obviously it goes missing from the museum, and then it is it is tasked to to Holmes and Watson to to retrieve it and get it back to get it back to the museum. I mean, there's slightly more to it, the um, the museum uh, snatching, shall we say? I mean, basically Holmes is showing off, isn't he? It's a very rare. Um, well, not rare because he does it in private in the stories, but in the in the museum, he's sort of he's sort of showing your security system doesn't mean this. It's yeah. a load of crap. It's all based on electricity, and he switches it off to show them that it doesn't work. And at that moment, the master criminal Giles Conover, mm. played masterfully by Miles Mander, he's great. He he spots his opportunity, snatches the pearl, and gets out. Yeah, but do, do you know that? I mean, you you know more about this than I do. But isn't this isn't this a little out of character for 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 Sherlock Holmes in in the fact that yes, you say he's showing off, he's grandstanding a little bit, but the um, uh, Conover is not exactly. Uh, you know, surreptitiously hidden away. He's kind of in full view and just listening in on the fact that okay, this is now available to steal. And and isn't I mean, is Sherlock Holmes fuck's sake? He wouldn't make that terrible a mistake, would he? I I get what you're saying. Don't get me wrong. Um, I do think that it, it, this sets the story up quite well because um, the whole opening sequence is Holmes arriving on a boat, and he's disguised as a priest. And Evelyn Anker's character is trying to get the pearl into the country, isn't she? That's right. So yeah. Holmes, Holmes has been tracking her, and he's finally got her, and he's on this boat, and he's disguised as a priest. And she says to him, would you mind holding my camera for me when we go through customs? Because they won't check a priest. And he says, of course, my dear. Um, but, no, there's, uh, yeah, I know you're going to comment on my voice, but, but here's the important I'm thing, right? This word. was, you know... <laughs> this was quite a few entries into the film okay into the film series okay and by by this time basil rathbone had been disguised many times as many characters okay and had never ever 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 convincingly disguised his voice <laughs> yeah cool lummy so this is where a young ad these were his rooms not much of a room if you ask me who's asking you i suppose it suited him all right all right all right all right he was no great shakes as a tick from all I heard. Just one of them easy chair Johnnies. Would sat on his tail and let everybody else do the dirty work. That'll be enough. Mind you, I ain't saying he didn't get that credit. But newspapers can be bought. You insert. You dare to imply... All right, all right, all right, Governor. Keep your shirt on. I've got a right to my opinion. And it's my opinion that Mr Sherlock Holmes was nothing more but an old herring gut. 
You, you say that again. An erring gut. An old erring gut. Oh. Up to get you, worm. We'll see who's a herring gut. <laughs> it's all right, Watson. I take it back. Call off your dogs. Holmes! So when he was a washerwoman, you know, <laughs> I'm a washerwoman. I'm, <laughs> you, could, you could bloody hear it was Basil Rathbone every time. Yeah. So there was no surprise to it at all. So in The yeah. Pearl of Death, what they did was they actually hired an actor to come in yeah. and dub his disguised voice. They ADR'd the shit out of him, basically. You see, I have some exposed film in my camera, and they might make me open it. The customs, I mean. I should so hate to lose my little pictures. Oh, dear, that's too bad. I wonder, it would be a great favour. Would you mind taking care of it for me? Till we get to the customs, I mean. Well, I, I don't quite know. Uh, uh, I if you'll just say it's yours, uh, being a clergyman, you're not subject to such rigid inspection. <laughs> all right. Just a harmless little deception, eh? <laughs> all right, my dear, all right. Yeah, basically, the, 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 you can hear the sea just kind of shuts off every time he speaks and then comes back in. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah, they... they, they... They do it again at the end of the film when he's pretending to be the German doctor. That's <laughs> so good. It's brilliant, but but it was just like, hang on, no. <laughs> that, that is not Basil Rathbone. <laughs> so basically what happens is um, she says to him, would you hold the pearl and go through customs for me? And he says, yes, of course I will, my dear. So um, they go through customs and she gets the, her camera back and he says, no, you didn't even check me out anyway. Good luck and bye and have a nice life. So she gets into the back of the car with her boss, who's Giles Conover, the master criminal. Yeah. And he opens the camera to get the pearl out, and there's a note in there saying, uh, thank you very much, got your pearl, cheers, bye-bye. You've been had. Yeah. So they know Holmes is on the trail. Um, so it kind of, you know, I, I get what you're saying about the museum part, yep. but Conover is, you know, he's like, right, I need to get that pearl back. How am I going to do it? Yeah. So when he, when he is at the museum sniffing around after Holmes, you kind of buy it yeah you know it's kind of like he's trying to get the pearl back anyway yeah. so he's kind of sniffing around looking for a way to get it back this is true sees holmes turns off the security system and thinks brilliant i get a chance to embarrass sherlock holmes yeah. and get the pearl back mm -hmm. what i really do like about this though mm -hmm. this story this mystery this whole plot yeah. is that he smashes out of the museum <clears throat> they arrest him like two minutes later yep and um for once in these films, <laughs> it doesn't happen often. Okay. It happens in Face's Death. Face's Death has a super mystery in it. Right. I've... And, you know, um, Scarlet Claw, does that That does a very good job of obscuring its villain and providing you with something to work out while you're watching very it. Very much so, yeah, yeah. But Pearl of Death, I think, as well does it. Because, you know, um, while everyone who knows any of the Sherlock Holmes films knows the story of the Six Napoleons, you know. Yep. Uh, it does a very good job of obscuring its mystery. Just, you know, basically what happens is the pearl's gone when they arrest this guy. Yeah. So where's the pearl? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a spate of murders begin across London. Uh, and the victims are sure. all, uh, they have their backs broken. Yeah. And they're all surrounded by broken crockery, yeah. china, yeah. plaster stuff. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Lestrade calls Holmes in and he's... Holmes is disgraced because of what he did with the pearl. And Lestrade says, well, help me solve these murders and we'll try and get your problem sorted and my problem sorted. And all of a sudden, Holmes begins to realise that maybe the two problems are interlinked. Will you kindly explain how the dishes that were on this table could have been knocked off in the struggle and the silver milk jug left standing and all these knives and forks and spoons in perfect arrangement? Well, Mr. Holmes, if it's the psychology of knives and forks and milk jugs you're talking about, I beg to be excused. I'm trying to account for this broken china, Lestrade. That's the outstanding feature of this case, whether you know it or not. All these broken plates, plaster ornaments, bric-a-brac, 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 bric-a-brac. Why was all this china smashed? Nothing else disturbed. Why? 
Yes, and how about his back being broken? A man can't just fall down and break his back in that casual way, you know? Right you are, Watson. External forces indicated. There's no doubt about it. Major Harker's back was broken deliberately. I suppose you're going to tell us just who did it. Yes, I think I can. I've never known but one killer who used that technique. What? Oh, come on. He's dead and done for. You remember him? Am I likely to forget the Oxton Creeper? Oxton Creeper? Oxton Horror, I called him. A monster, Watson. With the chest of a buffalo and the arms of a gorilla. His particular method of murder is back-breaking. And it's always the same. A third lumbar vertebra. So it basically sets up this mystery. Um, where'd the pearl go? How has Conover managed to dispose of it in a way that the accomplices can get it back? And how does it tie into these murders that are happening? And why are the bodies found, you know, with this crockery smashed around them? I think the mystery's pretty good. I don't think it's I don't think it's that hard to work out what's happened. But um I think it's a Sherlock Holmes story. It kind of fits, you know? It's like they throw up these um, five baffling things and they shove them all together and they say, work it out. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, as you say, the, mis- the mystery is good. It, it does it does keep you guessing a little bit. I mean, as you say, it's not the most difficult thing to, to work out. I mean, the vast majority of what you need to know is right there on the screen anyway. And so, you know, it, it, that that's fine. But the the big bonus for me, and it normally is just because of the way I work, but the um, the cast for me was was a winner. It was, you know, it, it was great. I mean, um, who did you say the actor who played uh, Conover was? Miles Mander. Brilliant. So he was, um, he was a very, very uh, respected actor during the twenties and thirties. He's the guy that you know he worked a lot with Hitchcock during the the twenties and thirties. Right. So yeah, very, very um, respectable actor. Very popular, especially in British cinema. But he went to Hollywood and just said to himself, "I don't really give a f- about." being famous or respected i'm just going to take that money and he started in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films but he's brilliant he is he's one he's he's one of those characters you see him turn up in a movie and you go perfect i I love it miles manders i like i i like it when that happens yeah um and obviously it's uh it's it's slim pickings in this one because you've either got mrs hudson or you've got uh naomi drake but uh, i'm having to go with evelyn anchors for gush of the week i'm thinking (laughs) (laughs) evelyn anchors is um she is the V Scream Queen. That's what they called her. The Scream Queen of Hollywood. She she was um she was in the Wolfman, she was in loads of the Universal Frankenstein movies, Weird Woman. She's wonderful. I did a whole episode on her on that. Think you're clever, don't you? You can't hold me. Come on, come on down. What charges are against me? Uh, piddling matches without a license. Constable, put the cuffs on her. She's an accomplice in three murders, possibly four. Leave me alone. You can't do this to me. There's, there, I mean, because because I was watching this and sort of going, yeah, she she's great and she's uh, she's um, she's very pretty and it was just sort of like, okay, this is nice, and but then there's a scene later on when she's working as a shop girl, and uh, she has the glasses on and she's looking kind of mousy and I was like, here we go, here we go, and I was like, yes, here we go, she's she's now my girl next door type and it was sort of like, yeah, okay, I'm happy now, I'm happy. <laughs> oh, she really she really suits the specs, mate. She she's incredibly beautiful. She's another actress um, who, you know, she, she recognised that she was never going to win an Oscar. So she, you know, she, she went, you know what, I don't care. As long as I'm working, who cares about the quality of films? So she did tons and tons of horror films, tons of genre movies, um, and loved being in them as well. She, you know, she didn't decry them years later or anything or, or make out that, you know, she didn't have the most fabulous career. She just went into work every day, had fun, 
and um, built this legacy. That's got to be the way to be. I mean, if you're a hardcore horror fan, you know who Evelyn Ankers is. If you're a hardcore Universal horror fan, then then Evelyn Ankers is the queen of Universal horror. So you know, of course, she was going to pop into the Universal homes. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's. I mean, the um, the modern day equivalent would be being. a semi-popular podcaster, but knowing you, you know you enjoy doing what you do, but you know you're not going to win any awards. That's 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 the way I'm looking at it. Sick burn, sick burn. No, it's all about me. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about me. No, you're not semi-popular. Talking about me. Well, just about. You got Anne Rogers all <laughs> over you, such. <laughs> hey, she wasn't going to date with you. <laughs> Excuse me, you're her favourite. <laughs> I feel bad though. We keep bringing this up. I have never been anyone's favourite. <laughs> oh shush! You know you are. You, you're, ah, you're, whoever wrote that email that I edited, who said, <laughs> no, 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 no. "Let's not start this, please." <laughs> Let's just say you're Amos's favourite. Fair enough. You're the I Evelyn am. Anchors of podcasting. I am. I am. Do you know what? That's that's my new name. Yeah, I'm the Evelyn Anchors of podcasting. Yeah, the Evelyn Anchors of podcasting. Um, let's let's just go on to um the the thing that I wanted to talk about uh, was the creeper. Mm, creeper, yeah. Um, the creeper who has the ability uh, of breaking a back in the quickest time ever broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's what three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I remarked at the time, Bane has nothing on this man. So the creeper. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I liked my comparison. <laughs> you did, you did, didn't you? <laughs> I do love you. I can see why Anne Rogers is so taken. I'll <laughs> stop it. <laughs> no. So basically, um, the creeper is played by Rondo Hatton. Rondo Hatton was um, a very popular, very handsome all-American football player, He's a big boy, and then was struck down by acromegaly, which was um, a disease that caused certain parts of the body to inflame. It, Abraham Lincoln had acromegaly. That's why he has such a pronounced brow. Um, so acromegaly and um, suddenly became affected his looks, shall we say, yeah. in all all kinds of ways. And he suddenly became not popular at all uh, in his school. Damn shame. Um, and was shunned by society. But made him perfect pickings for movies where, you know, people who look unusual, shall we say. Um, yeah, you need a heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because he looks... He, I mean, whether or not his look repels you or attracts you, you have to mm. you have to admit that he is a person that you look at and go, "Oh my god, what incredible!" Well, he's got a presence. Exactly, he's got a presence. Yeah. So Universal snapped him up. They were like, you know, we're going to put you, we're going to make you a star, and they did. They gave him a complete yeah. second chance in life. So they cast him as the creeper in this film. He's supposed to be this monstrous brute who has the power to break people's backs. You know, the strength of, you know, ten apes or whatever I think they say it is in the subsequent yeah. movies. Um, basically, he snaps their backs. And what he's doing is looking for the pearl, basically. And you don't find this out until later on. But That's right. The whole story is driven around the fact that um, the pearl, Giles Conover took the pearl, yep. hid it in a plaster bust of Napoleon. There were one of six, and it's mm-hmm. in one of these busts, basically, yeah. and that have gone out all over the you know the city. Yeah, and uh, the creeper has been, who's his hired killer, should mm-hmm. we say? Yeah, yeah, has been looking for the pearl by killing the owners yep. of the of the busts and smashing the 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 Napoleon busts to see if the pearl was in it. Yep. but disguising 
the smashing of the bust by throwing other crockery down, which explains the murders, yeah. basically. It's the, uh, it's the 1940s equivalent of the first Terminator movie when he goes through the phone book killing all the Sarah Connors in order. It's that's what it is. I mean, that is. I mean, he's killing them to try and get to the right Sarah Connor in this film, in Pearl of Death. In Pearl of Death, he is he is breaking the busts in order that they were sold to mm-hmm. try and find the pearl. That's the story. So the basic the story. It's the forties of Terminator. <laughs> so the story is that the race is on between Holmes figuring out why this is happening and trying to get to the person who has the bust with the pearl inside and Conover racing to kill all the people who have busts and smashing them to try and find the pearl. So it's a race against Simon. Of course they don't coincide until the very last person who has the sixth. Yeah, who who happens to be a German surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> so we say. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of Bazarafoni German. Dr. Bangor. Yes, yes. What you want? Don't you see I'm busy? Yeah, the, the, uh, can, can I go on to... Um, uh, we, we, don't, we never have really done this, even though it was kind of the original ethos of the, of the show, which was to, which was to do our, our sort of, uh, of the best lines in the film. But my, f- my favourite line in, in the whole film is that um, uh, Sherlock and, and Watson are just ha- having a stroll uh, after being uh, somewhere. I can't remember where now. And, um, but they... Um, uh, Sherlock deduces that they're being followed because he spots Evelyn Anchors in a terrible gypsy makeup, which, but which kind of actually suits her. But bizarrely, she does look kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, but she does, and um, uh, and and so he sort of says Stop to it. Watson, "Oh, we're being followed. Get your gun out and all this." <laughs> and a car screeches up to them, and sort of says. Sort of says, put your hands up. <laughs> you're, you're coming with us, and and Holmes just goes, "No, thank you." That's <laughs> it. No, thank you. Can't watch <laughs> Well, wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> but it's not. You're right. It's so polite, isn't it? I'm here to kidnap you. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like he didn't say run or no or go away or anything. It was no, thank you. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's my favourite. I love it every time I watch this. I just I laugh. Quick, <laughs> a break. Yeah, it was just, it was glorious. No, but I mean, the the good thing about this is, right, I mean, and, and uh, when I watched The Scarlet Claw as well, it was exactly the same, is that because of the runtime, and we've talked about this before with shorter films as well, is that it, it you don't have time to waste time. So, and, and I'll be perfectly honest with this, I've watched this three times. The second time I watched it, I was, I was sort of in the middle of it, and I'm just sort of going, right, okay, maybe it was my mood, I don't know, it wasn't hitting me properly, I don't know what it was. But then, this morning when I watched it again, it was, it was okay, I'm really enjoying this now, I get it. Maybe the penny just hadn't dropped, I don't know, but it was just like, alright, okay, this is, this is really good. And then you're, you're jumping from one set piece to another... And it flowed really well, and it was great. And also, I mean, uh, I know it was a bit slapsticky, but the scene, there's a scene where Watson is by himself, and he's doing his scrapbook of all the newspaper clippings of him. Of, oh, with the thing on the elbow. Uh, exactly, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he gets the clipping stuck to his elbow, and then he goes, right, I'm going to use deductive reasoning. Where has this clipping gone? What would Holmes do? What would Sherlock Holmes do? And, and, and that was a bit slapsticky, but it was kind of cool. And then... Conover comes in in disguise with uh, um, a, a book for Holmes to yeah. try and kill him, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and it was. But I was watching it and just going, "This is 
so easy to follow and just so pleasant that it's just like I'm quite happy. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to enjoy this and and let it wash over me. And and I think when when a film can do that to you, especially when it's you know that I'm not being condescending, but when there's very little peril, it's just it's just like ah oh, yeah yeah, it's just yeah. Like, this is nice. You know, don't get me wrong. The book contains a knife that wants to skewer Sherlock Holmes in the face. Yeah, but. Thankfully, it doesn't. <laughs> but you know it's not going to kill him. And it's, it's like I, I thought it was going to be a bomb. Yeah, right. But it's like, it's such a nice <laughs> sight. And see what, you talking about that has made me want to emphasise the point. I mean, people back in those days didn't have TV. They didn't have, like, you know, a weekly episode of something. They had continuing adventures of yeah, dot, yeah. dot, dot, dot. You know, it was like the Falcon, or you'd have the Saint, yeah. or you'd have Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone and yeah. I mean, it's hard when you say, um, give me a Sherlock Holmes film that, that stands out above the rest, because what you're doing is you're saying, it's like, it's like taking a single episode of a TV series that ran for eight seasons and saying, you know, here's a good one. Absolutely. It, it's almost like um, mm-hmm. picking the best episode of a serial. Yeah. It's it's very hard to do, because like you say, when, when um, Nigel Bruce sits there and does his thing with the elbow. Yeah. Uh, people were laughing at that in cinemas during sure. the day because they knew him by then. And, yeah. you know, it was because of like the fifth entry in, in the series, yeah. you know. And when Sherlock Holmes comes in and the whole thing with the book, I mean, that's yeah. a good sequence anyway. It's, because it's you think yeah. He picks the book up twice. And he's just about to open it. And then Watson says something, you know, would you like some tea? And he's like, oh, yes, I puts it back down. You know? yeah. um, but you wouldn't, you know, audiences of the day weren't ever going to think he's going to open that book and get a knife in the eyes. You no, know? They, no, they were no. thinking, oh, what's going to stop him? And of Absolutely. course, it's going to be Watson. And because they knew them by then, you know, they'd listened yeah. to the radio series and they'd watch, yeah. you know, and they 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 knew that 15 minutes into a Sherlock Holmes film, Sherlock Holmes isn't going to die or anything. No, 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 no. no. Um, couple, a couple of things there. Sorry to interrupt, but I just, um, uh, one point I wanted to make, I mean, this is during the war mm. i mean this is 44 so i mean the yeah. war is still going on yeah mm-hmm. so you can imagine this is comfort food for the soul exactly. you know it's exactly i mean i mean you know as you say there is no peril there are no mm. nazis there's no bombing there's no you know so i mean that's it was escapism that's what they would make perfect it. word for it um, i mean uh, and as well, they weren't making it for me and you. No, they weren't making it for people you know, to watch in eighty years' time and say, "Let's judge this film on how artistically it's made." They were making it for the people, uh, and I'm glad about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, as a as a piece of just entertainment. Yeah, you know, it's not supposed to live forever. It's not supposed to, be, you know, it's not supposed to give you a message to take away with you or something that you'll remember on your deathbed. No, it was about. You sat in a theatre at that time, waiting for the main feature to come on, having just had a newsreel about how badly you're doing in the war. Absolutely, yeah. And it was about taking you away from all that. Yeah. As I, I don't think, like, I I did worry when we were going to do these films about um, <clears throat> what rating we were going to give them and stuff. I don't think they're rating a bull. If that's a word, you know, I, I think it's more. Do you, do you mean rateable? <laughs> Rate. That's the word. <laughs> And, and you were the one who said you were good with words. <laughs> I never said I think I said I was bad with it. But um, yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't think there. I don't think you can judge this film the same way as you would judge a feature film. No, it's almost like you have to take the series as a whole, sure, and see what it was trying to do, 
and look at where it landed in history and Fair look enough. at what they yeah. were, how they were trying to, because Watson wasn't, you know, they could very well have made Watson very clever and very you know, useful. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't because, you know, people needed a lift in those times and they needed a laugh. Sure. No, I get that. I do. I do. I, I, I do get that. Um, to return to a word that we, we heard earlier and that you <laughs> seem to fixate. That, no, no. <laughs> Rate, you said ratingable, but there we go. Um, no, no, uh, it, it's unapologetically charming. That's what it is. Mm. And and uh, and as I said, it just it just if you just let it wash over you for for sixty eight minutes, you're going to come away with a big smile on your face, and that and that's beautiful. And I love that. That's wonderful. I mean, why the why? I was about to swear there, but why the hell not? I mean, it's just just do it. I mean, why why not? If you if you if if you if, right, say say you've got something to do in an hour and a half. And you just think, well, that gives me, you know, 20 minutes to stick the kettle on or, you know, do something else. And then I could just sit down and watch one of these. It's Yeah, do it. All right. You know, why the hell? I'm going to. I'm going to go through them all. And I'm really looking forward. Oh, mate. I'm looking forward to doing it. You've got such a lovely adventure ahead. I'm going to do it. These these are the movies I always watch when I'm making dinner on a Sunday. Sunday dinner. Oh, perfect. I've had a, you know, I have a glass of wine and I stick a couple (laughs) of Sherlock Holmes films on. And I, I, he's not an LP yeah. listeners. He's not. <laughs> not an alcoholic, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the dinner's burnt, kids again. <laughs> Daddy's asleep on the kitchen da- da- Dad's been watching Sherlock Holmes again. Oh, all right. That's the takeaway <laughs> ringing again, isn't it? There is nothing like the Rathbone Brew Sherlock Holmes films. They are so Absolutely. short. They're so yeah. easy to watch. They're so charming. Yeah. They're so utterly predictable. And yeah. as you say, lacking in peril. But sometimes yeah. that's what you want. It's oh. like ice cream for the eyes. It's a little bit. There's a little bit of peril, but not enough to, to make you stressed or, you know, worried. You know, like some, some you know, uh, edge-of-the-seat nail-biters will do. Um, so something I wanted to ask you, right, because obviously I'm... I'm uh, like with everything else we do on this show, I, I am very much the novice. So um, this is, you said uh, Pearl of Death is in the middle of the series. Is that right? Or is it an early one? Yeah. I mean, they were making like three of these a year. So basically um, at Fox, Fox made uh, Sherlock Holmes and they wanted to do a very po-faced, you know, faithful adaptation. So they did uh, Hound of the Baskervilles. Then they took the William Gillette play and turned that into The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Then they decided to like, you know, it wasn't for us, basically. Then Universal picked it up in, I think, 42. And between, in in four years, made 12 films. So it was three a year. And um, they said, instead of, you know, um, uh, doing the faithful stuff, should we have Sherlock Holmes battling Nazis bring him up to to modern day? Which is a radical idea now. But thinking back then, I mean, it was only like 30, 40 years out of where Sherlock Holmes had been written. So, yes, um, it was Universal. Who took them into the modern day okay that's great but my, my point was is that so there's 14 of these so and and so i've kind of started in the middle mm. do, do these films have any kind of continuity to them i mean are they referenced before or after do, do i mean do, do i miss anything by starting in the middle no not at all i would say i you know i mean like i say these used to be on bbc2 in the morning every day during the school holidays and I never ever watched one and thought I'm I'm lost. I don't get that reference. They don't ever refer back to another story. Um, I, I would say if you're gonna if you want to be a completist, you'd need then watch you know Hand of the Baskervilles and the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes are the first two and they're set in the period, so they're Victorian. But to be honest, they're so separate. And um, 
I mean, it's ridiculous to try and try and fit those two into the to the to the series anyway, because the others are set during mid-war. Yeah. So I would say no. Don't. Okay. Uh, if I was you, I'd ignore the, the Fox ones. Okay. And go straight to the Universal ones. They're so much fun. Well, it, I, I think it was. It's more for the the, the listeners who haven't watched them as well. Um, it was because, because I mean, obviously these these things uh, play on my mind a little bit. It was sort of say, I mean, d- don't get me wrong. There was nothing in this old Scarlet Claw that made me think. Oh, hang on, have I missed something? I was I was literally just just curious as to whether, you know, in three movies' time, if they've referenced something that happened in the Pearl of Death, that could be quite cool for me to go ah. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio, ah, I, I get that reference kind of thing. I would say, saying that, um, I would say that the later they go, the more, like, there's a, there's one of the, one of the later entries in the series is called Pursuit to Algiers. <laughs> this is how geeky I get. Sorry, I was just, I was, I was just loving the fact that you started five sentences in one go there. That was impressive. So. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> this is how much I love these films. So I, just, I, know, I absolutely brilliant. adore them. I know them all back to front. Pursuit That's to it. Algiers, I think, which I think was number eleven in in mm. the series. Now everyone hates this film. Okay, everyone. Oh. Literally, you go on. To, it's like the worst reviewed one. It's one of my favourites, and um, it's so. You just have to be different, don't you? <laughs> don't try to. The reason, <laughs> the reason I love this one so much, Pursuit of Algiers, is right. Basically, the story is. Um, this, oh God, I better not go into it because I'm just gonna. I could spend forty five minutes talking about the story, but basically, um, it explores more of their relationship and who they become, and and they got to know each other a lot. Okay. And at one point, Watson thinks Holmes has died. Oh, okay. And spends a good 20 minutes of the film mourning for him um, and is then shown that he didn't actually die. And um, the moment where he finds out is is really lovely. It's a really lovely moment. And I don't think you really get... I don't think you would really enjoy that moment as much if you watch that one first, should we say. Oh, okay. Good, because you don't have the past history they have. Yeah, I think you you kind of get to know them so much over all the all of the films, especially the Universal films. Ignore the sure. Fox films. Just go for the Universal ones. The 12 Universal okay. ones are brilliant. But um, watch as many as you can before Pursuit to Algiers. And that moment is really sweet. And Holmes responds to that moment as well. Oh, really? By saying something, yeah, he he kind of like you know he he smiles for once and he laughs and sort of puts a hand on Watson's shoulder and says, you know, I trust you. You know, there's there's something about a woman that's happened, a bit of a clue that's happened what? in the mystery, and he says, I trust your judgment in women to know that you would uh, always go for a, a for a lovely young Aww. lady or something like that. And it's and it's kind of like it's really sweet, and he sort of. Watson sort of like, oh, thank Aww. you, sir, like this, and 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 um as he's bumbling away. You watch Basil Rathbone's face. He smiles at him, and you can tell that he's not looking at Watson. He's looking at Nigel Bruce, yeah. and it just the the warmth that passes between them is just just a beautiful moment. It's such a lovely, lovely um, film in terms of their relationship. Do, do, you know, do you know if they were were they mates off screen? Do you know they were the closest of friends oh, all the way through filming. And um, unfortunately, what happened was uh, Basil Rathbone decided that he didn't want to be typecast because he had aspirations to be a leading man. Mm -hmm. Never lead. He did did achieve it Mm. in in some ways, but was always cast as a villain. And then Mm. suddenly found himself cast as Holmes. um, And by then he was, you know, sort of nearing the 40s. And in terms of his age, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, Thought, well, this is my chance at 
getting leading roles, but they're with the B-movie division at Universal. So he kind of railed against the Holmes films, which was a really bad decision because they provided him with, you know, the leading man status he'd always wanted. Yeah. Although he wasn't getting the girl, he was, you know, Sherlock Holmes. But I don't think he could ever reconcile it. That's so shame. he quit the series in 46 and quit the radio series because he didn't want to be typecast anymore. Yeah. But you kind of have to think to yourself, oh, Basil... <laughs> You know, you're nearing 50 man you know <laughs> take these roles while you can they're a gift and i think he even he even he realized that and um in the 50s he decided that you know the roles were drying up and he was only getting theatrical roles and tv spots where he was the guest right. on some panel show or something mm -hmm. so he decided to try and resurrect his sherlock holmes career yeah. and um it asked nigel bruce who he had we have to say unceremoniously dumped because he was Watson to his homes. Um, by then, Nigel Bruce was terminally ill, and oh no, he uh, he, he said I I will try, but died before he could oh, no. um, get to the theatre to to begin rehearsals. So it oh, all no. ended on a rather sour note, and it was kind of a little bit of a that's a damn shame, man. It was, yeah, it was a real shame, and he kind of. It's always soured me slightly on Basil Rathbone. I do, I do think he's an incredible actor, and I think he was incredible. Oh, he's great. He's a great Holmes. He's my favourite Holmes, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. But um, it always did it did make me go, oh, Basil, for Christ's sake, you weren't twenty anymore. <laughs> so you shouldn't have been chasing those roles. You should have just stuck. Fair dues, yeah. fair dues. Well, let's 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 no 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 not at all no I I I really wanted to know um but uh, let let's let's not end on a on a sour note let's let's um let's 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 praise these uh things I mean as I said I've only seen three of them but but what I have seen I've thoroughly enjoyed and uh, and I am more than happy to go through the rest of them I'm looking forward to it to be perfectly honest uh, and as I said if you yeah if you if you've got you uh, and we all have the time let's not kid ourselves we all have the time to watch one of those oh, they, they, they and put them on while you while you while you're brushing your teeth it's not they while, don't require while attention yeah. you can put these on while you're getting up cooking Sunday dinner and <laughs> it will just enrich your lives uh, that's the Adam Roach way you can put them on and enjoy them completely while you're recording a podcast with someone <laughs> have you got it playing now <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> I know I know they've been the soundtrack to my life for a very long time and I have to say that's awesome. know, as a piece of passive entertainment you can't go wrong it's almost like the the film version of old time radio. Feathers, feathers. Uh, I know you said that it's unratingable, uh, but do you uh, do you want to uh, do you want to rate this thing, my friend? Uh, I mean, you asked me to rate the film series. I would have to say ten. I mean, it's like it's my favorite film series of all time. Pearl of Death for me is a personal favorite. So, of course, to me, it's a ten. I don't think I don't think you can say watch the Pearl of Death as a standalone film. It's right. like you can't really do that, you know. Okay, but I think what Smokey, yes, you're new to this series. I am ish. I would say you've watched yeah, three. Ish, yeah. Watch, watch all of them, and then go back and start watching them again, and then try and slot. You know, if you've got like a spare hour, slot them into your life. Mm -hmm. They'll become not like you know great films on their own standing. They'll just become like a like a security blanket. <laughs> yeah. It's like how do you rate your kids? How do you rate like, you know, well, you know, it's um, <laughs> very easy in my case. <laughs> oh, I hope they don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. Go on, give it a 3. 
Uh, no, no, I, I can't. I can't. In all good conscience, this isn't portrait of Jenny. No, I can't. I can't give this. I can't you give gave this a, a three. You were shooting. No, I didn't. I, can't, I I think I gave it a five. I think if I remember correctly, but um, no, uh, no, this is just thoroughly enjoyable fun. It was just charming and lovely and and the scarlet claw was exactly the same i just preferred the creepiness more mm-hmm. of scarlet claw i think that's just because of my my you know horror sensibilities of what i i watch most of the time so um that that kind of did it a little bit more for me but i rated them both the same remember i rate everything online before uh, we record and i rated them both an eight out of ten both of them i i loved them both wow yeah. i mean that's like that's crazy yeah it was just i uh, i and i mean there, there is no real reason I can't give them a ten, but you know, you you do get rating in your head, and 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 it's on an eight, and and for me that is brilliant. I mean, it's 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 a great film. It's highly highly enjoyable. So you know what, Smokey? That's it's very interesting you say. Right, if I was to rate every one of those movies on their own, I think I would probably come out at about an eight on all of them. But if you take the series as a whole. I mean, it's like it's eleven. It's like you know, it's it's like the whole thing means more than the separate part. Are we going Spinal Tap on it? Are we? But yeah, yeah. I mean, eight is um is way more than I thought you were going to rate. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I love you very much for saying eight. <laughs> oh my word! The gin's kicking in. Even okay. More. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, before Adam gets all slobbery and uh, unratingable. Too late. Uh, let's. Uh, well, yeah. Um, uh, we we uh, a couple of bits uh, before we go. Uh, just just usual. If you want to be cool, like um, Buckaroo Bonnie and Anne and Shadan, then uh, oh that rhyme. Then uh, then you can uh, you can email us uh, all the best lines at gmail.com. Please do that. Go, go on uh, to the old iTunes and everything else and give us a rating and review. That would be lovely. If you want to find us on, find us on Twitter, it's at Best Lines Pod. Now before we go anywhere. Uh, I have told Adam uh, off mic that uh, I have plans. I have plans for um, episodes nine and ten. We're hearing this for the first time, everyone. Uh, well, they are. You you knew that was coming, but um, yeah, I, I I don't know what the plans are. Yet. But I know. Well, you're about to you're about to hear the plans. Is that um, I'm this going? Is what I said. I, I shush you. <laughs> so I'm going to uh, do the usual thing, and um, I'm go- uh, and and give to Adam the. Uh, genre if you will of what i want for, what i would wish to uh, to watch on uh, episode 9 and and uh, and now i'm also going to surprise adam and say i for the first time i'm going to be picking the film for episode 10 <laughs> is, it, is it something i haven't seen i don't I'm intrigued. i shouldn't think so but uh, i mean you've seen everything uh, apart from foul play apparently but there you go um and red state <laughs> red state <laughs> <laughs> I'll rectify it soon. So, so, um, that I I will give you the genre for episode nine, and you you have to. I'm putting you right on the spot. I know I am. Um, but there is a caveat in the fact that I've already picked one film that it can't be. Okay. Right. So you will understand when I tell you what I want. Okay. okay. When I when I say Golden Age Cinema, mm-hmm. but I want to say the first one that comes properly comes into your head that it has to be. Number nine, I want us to do this because why the hell not? We are. I want it to be the most quintessentially British movie you can think of. Oh, that's difficult. Oh, but I know. But I think I might have it. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. This is very, very British. 
Um, and it's also directed by one of the greatest, well, if not the greatest director. Who, who am I thinking of? Uh, Hitchcock. Correct. 1934, the original version mm-hmm. of The Man Who Knew Too Much. 1934. That is quintessentially British. Oh, um, oh damn. I, I, I own the remake. <laughs> I don't own the original. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're not allowed any Americanism. That's what you asked for. You want quintessentially British 1934's okay. <laughs> The Man Who Knew Too Much. You're well... Right. I mean that works. I mean it. it uh, it's about time we broke our uh, popped our Hitchcock cherry on this show, isn't it? So yeah, <laughs> Hitchcock uh, that thing. I, <laughs> oh dear God! Um, no, I here. Yeah, look, I'm more than happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. Cool. Nice. One. Wonderful. That, 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 that's yeah. Our thing that makes me, um. Well, there we go. Oh, well, that was a hell of a lot of fun, my friend. It's always is with you, Smokey. Oh, can't yeah. fail to be. Not. Oh, thank you, sir. And it's been uh, wonderful to uh, spend the evening uh, in your presence and uh, to to get <laughs> to keep drinking together and talk absolute bollocks. <laughs> I haven't drunk anything. Don't know what you're talking about. I haven't drunk anything. <laughs> <laughs> you're very beautiful. <laughs> Love you. Love you <laughs> well thank you to everyone who has been listening and contributing online and also sending emails. It's very, very sweet. So... It's uh, it's your turn to get us out of here, my friend. All the best. Quick a break. <laughs> and you're the greatest emailer on the universe. <laughs> How have you done this? This is alchemy. <laughs> <laughs> Break a break.